This is the Pontiac Podcast. In this episode, Emma shares the story of the Empress of Ireland. Afterwards, I sit down with Emma to talk to her about making the podcast. May 29th, 1914, 1.40 a.m., the Bridge of the Empress of Ireland. Kendall, this is Carol, your lookout speaking. There seems to be a ship moving upriver about eight miles to starboard. Henry George Kendall is the captain in command of the Empress of Ireland. Though he has 25 years of sea experience, this is only his second time commanding this ship and his first in the St. Lawrence River. Thank you, Carol. We shall follow the standard rules of the water. We will move parallel to their ship and pass by starboard to starboard so as to avoid danger. East course. I can see their green lights and headlights. Keep safe distance. A thick fog floats upriver. The ships are separated by the fog and the Empress is completely submerged. Carol, can you get any location on that liner? I've lost sight of their headlights. No vision, sir. The fog's too thick. Full astern. It's too dangerous to commence any further until we have vision of the other liner. And so the Empress sits, waiting for the fog to pass. The captain sounds a warning to alert the other vessel of their whereabouts. 1.45 a.m. The bridge of the Storstad, a coal ship delivering to Montreal. A similar scene is occurring on the Storstad. The lookout reports a ship sighting at about 1.40 a.m. The first mate, whom the captain had left in charge when he retired to his chambers, is attempting to line up the ship so that they have clear visions of each other. In doing so, the Storstad also becomes submerged in the thick fog and completely loses its vision. Toftians believes that the ships will pass port to port based on his previous observations of their courses. The ship is stopped and the Empress is warned. The current pulls the ship to the left and, afraid of hitting the other liner, Toftians turns slightly to the right to counteract the current. Now, the first mate is worried and sends for his captain, Thomas Anderson. What seems to be the problem, Toftons? We are in danger of hitting another ship. I believe they are close to our port. That is why I have commanded that the ship go slow ahead in order to avoid collision. Full astern! Look, there are headlights visible on the port side. We're going to collide. Sound a warning. The sound of the whistle is still in the air as the ships come to a crashing halt at 1.55 a.m. 1.57 a.m., the first-class hallway, the Empress of Ireland. Stewards are rushing around, waking passengers and sending them in the direction of their lifeboat stations. Those in first class are much more fortunate as they are on the upper deck of the ship. There are less passengers in first class, meaning that there is slightly less chaos in their hall, and it's easier to reach the exit. 41% of the first class passengers will survive the sinking. 2 a.m., the second class hallway, the Empress of Ireland. It has been seven minutes since the crash. 
Some of the stewards have begun waking second and third class passengers. Many passengers are being woke by water rushing into their room and by the tilting of the boat. As it is taking in water, the boat continues sinking more and more to the starboard side. Frantic chaos ensues. People have only been on the boat for about nine hours, so many do not know their way around. This factor is made even more complicated by the fact that the rooms and hallways were laid out in a very complicated, maze-like fashion so as to get the maximum number of rooms. There are only two staircases for all of the passengers on each floor. Second and third class passengers both have a survival rate of about 18% due to all of these sad factors. Things take an even worse turn at 2.05 a.m., just 10 minutes after the boat began sinking. The boat is tilting even more to the starboard side and all power is lost within the ship. The lack of lights makes it even more difficult to navigate the maze of rooms and hallways in order to reach the upper decks. Many people on the starboard side of the boat are trapped, unable to climb the steep slope in order to reach the staircase to the upper deck. This also renders many lifeboats impossible to use. 2.05 a.m. The top deck, the Empress of Ireland. The top deck is in a complete panic as the ship turns completely on its side. One lifeboat is crushed by the stacks on top of the ship as it attempts to escape the rapidly sinking vessel. Many passengers are thrown from the side of the ship while others stay clinging to railings and each other. With the Empress of Ireland disaster happening only two years after the Titanic sank, there were more than enough lifeboats on board for all passengers. That was not the issue. However, the boat was sinking so quickly on the starboard side that all of those lifeboats were rendered useless. One boat even comes loose and swings into a group of passengers, killing them instantly. Many have no choice but to jump into the freezing cold St. Lawrence River and hope to be rescued by one of the very few lifeboats that have made it away from the Empress. 2.07 a.m. An Empress of Ireland lifeboat. The few people who get spots on lifeboats row frantically away from the sinking ship. If they are too close when it sinks, they may be sucked down by the current. Some people try to pick up more passengers, but with so many people in the water and so few spaces left on lifeboats, it becomes a very dangerous and cutthroat fight for survival. People in the water try to pull others out of boats in order to get in themselves. Some lifeboat passengers had their hair ripped out as people attempted to gain leverage and pull themselves onto the boat. With very little hope left, all morals are lost as people cling desperately to their last hope of making it out of this a lot. Most lifeboats leave without picking up many passengers since they feared overcrowding which would sink the lifeboats themselves. From a safe distance, the lifeboats watch as the Empress of Ireland sinks completely under the water at 2.09 a.m just 14 minutes after it initially crashed. I'd like to take a moment outside of the story to put emphasis on the fact that this ship sank in just 14 minutes. In roughly the time that it would take for you to listen to this podcast twice, the Empress of Ireland went from a promising passenger ship 
taking people back to Liverpool to one of Canada's biggest disasters. The Titanic sank in two hours and 40 minutes, and their first lifeboats were not sent out until approximately an hour after the ship began sinking. The Empress of Ireland sank completely in just 14. They had more than enough lifeboats for the amount of people and had done all of their proper lifeboat safety drills the day that they set sail. Both ships were taking caution during the time of the crash and neither one was in the wrong. The Storstad and the Empress of Ireland were both trying to remain straight in the fog with such a strong current. This disaster was purely a matter of some horrible luck and not enough time. If you've been listening to the timestamps, you'll realize exactly how quickly this catastrophe both started and ended. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for sitting down with me. We just heard your fantastic podcast. How'd you choose uh, the topic of the Empress of Ireland? Um, I actually chose this topic because I had seen about two years ago um, an exhibit about the Empress of Ireland at the Canadian uh, Museum of History, and I found the found the exhibit very interesting, and I really enjoyed going through that. So I decided maybe I could inform more people about the story because up until that point, I had never heard of the Empress of Ireland. Yeah, I hadn't, and like I learned about it through your podcast, and I I was. Uh definitely engaged. Um, Did you enjoy making the podcast? Yeah, I really enjoyed making the podcast. I'd never worked with sound or mixing anything before, so it was a new experience for me, and I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, and what kind of strategies did you use to, like, draw your listener in? Um, Definitely tried to use a lot of music and sound effects to make it more of a story, and tried to keep it kind of following a storyline rather than just fact. Yeah, excellent. And I I think that came through. Any advice for someone who's trying to make a podcast for the first time? Uh, Definitely. Sometimes it takes a little extra time to, you know, mess with, mess around with different sounds or to fix certain things, but that in the end, it will be worth putting in the extra time because I was very happy with the final product. Yeah, and I think our listeners were too. Thank you, Emma. Thank you.